Working now? All right. <laughs> Technology. You know, you know the, all the jokes on TV and all the things about old people and tech? Yeah, they're all about me. <laughs> and I'm worse. It's, it's not good. It is a privilege to be here. It is a joy to be here. Um, we've come a number of times now over the past few years, and, and uh, we love Steph and Frank and the family, obviously, and all the grandkids. And, and, and kids are great, but then there's grandkids. And grandkids are great, but then there's a grandbaby. And it's like, oh, <laughs> just, especially how God has worked in that situation. It's just, mm. gets me every time, gets me every time. I have uh, obviously thought and prayed about the text that we would be using today to study God's word. But the reason it's uh, such a precious text to me is because it was instrumental, very instrumental, in God saving our marriage. We were real young when we got married. Jesus was coming, so we needed to get married because there's no marriage in heaven. <laughs> we did think that. At least I did. I don't know what she thought. <laughs> But she was 19, I was two weeks before 20, almost 20, and we got married. We loved each other, we, we both had a new Christ as our Savior since we were little kids, and we were both serious about our, our walks with God as, as much as you can be as a teenager uh, in college age. Um, we, uh, when we were in, I was in seminary, we had... Stephanie was our first daughter, uh, born in Minneapolis, and then Sarah is the next one. And, and by that time, was after Sarah was born, we moved back because I was invited to be the youth pastor at our church. And, uh, and so life was great. So, so it seemed to me. Um, but it got a lot harder. I didn't, I didn't know I was a workaholic until I had a job that I loved. I knew my dad was. Uh, he was a hundred hour a week guy and we saw him from time to time, especially if we went to church. <laughs> we loved him, but, but I noticed that in his life and it's like I loved him and admired him in many ways, but I didn't want to be that and I really didn't think I was that until I got a job that I loved. Then it was real easy to work hundred hour weeks. Visit my kids at home. <laughs> And uh, still love my wife, but love, you sh obviously you love God the most, that's what you're supposed to do, but I love the ministry. I love the Lord, but I love the ministry the most. I was a hog and slop, it was great. Um, till the wheels started coming off. Before that time, I, we never had a serious argument that I couldn't win, or at least endure. And, and then my winning streak tanked. <laughs> And um, because I, I didn't realize what was missing from my life. I could point out all the really horrible things that I wasn't doing. Didn't kill anybody. That was good. Didn't beat my wife. That's, that's good. 
But God's expectations are a little higher than just those things. So when the wheels came off, um, we both wished we were not married to each other. But, but we both wished we weren't married, for real. And everything we tried and all the work, we had people try to help, and it was not helpful. And uh, we felt stuck. I felt stuck. That's why I call this text my 50-pound aspirin that God forced me to swallow without water. That's how it felt. Because I was sure, you know, I was sure, if you use a farming illustration, when I look at my back 40, that I planted corn and there's, and there's beans there. Who planted those beans there? Well, there's me and there's her, so it must be who do you think I guess was, was? Her. She did the same thing. <laughs> she, which we all admit to each other now. Okay? But she did the same thing. And I'm like, hey, you know, I thought I, I, I planted corn, I got beans. And, and so I'm, I feel gypped and I feel trapped. And she did too. She felt betrayed. And, and we both felt that it wasn't right for us to divorce. So we were in it till we were dead. And so we stuck it out. But it, uh, it wasn't good. And somewhere in there, I'm, I'm a young preacher at the time, so I'm preaching away and doing, doing, I'm doing my part. Um, and I was doing my work part. But it revealed that I never was doing my home part. And I didn't recognize that at all. So we were, at least, at least there was the commitment that we will stay together, no matter what. No matter how miserable we make each other, we are going to, that's kind of revenge, isn't it? We're going to stay together, which God blessed. So in there, while I felt like her, uh, that she was messing me up, and she certainly felt that I was messing her up. She wanted nothing more to be a, a mom, love the Lord, be a mom. And my workaholism didn't help that much for too much longer. And, and I, she knew I wanted to be a pastor, and I thought she was messing me up. And then I suddenly reread about the hundredth time the text. It says, don't be deceived. Okay. But literally it reads, stop being deceived. That's different, isn't it? Don't is like, yeah, got that. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'll be watching out, though. And God is saying, no, no, Tim, you already bought, you, you are completely delusional. Not about everything, but about your relationship with your wife. Because you're pretty sure that she's messing you up. I love her, but she's messing me up. And she was sure the opposite way. And yet God says, don't be deceived, which literally says, stop it. Now the problem with stop being deceived is, you'd have to know you were being deceived to stop it. 
And if you're being deceived, effectively, <laughs> you don't know it. And so there needs to be an intervention. There needs, to be, there needs to be a hard preaching of you're not seeing, you're not seeing. And frankly, that was God's great gift to me and my wife. She's very persistent which, and very intense. And it was exact. I hated it, but it was exactly. Uh, you asked me, do, do I, am I loving her? I'm loving her. And she's saying, no, 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 you're not. And I could argue it but it didn't change the fact that I didn't see what I didn't see. So this passage of Scripture started to really, really grip my life. And God says the same thing to you. Because we're sinners, right? And, and we don't have it all figured out yet. Stop being deceived. God's not mocked. You will never out-argue or out-maneuver or... or Say, God, you know, that's, that's a good point, but it doesn't apply to me. God won't be argued. He won't be mocked. He won't be convinced. He, the, the other way is put, you won't outwit God. You won't outwit him. Because there, according to Proverbs, there is no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. What God says, so what God said, and I had to buy this, God says, Tim, you're reaping what you sowed. Yeah, but, no. Tim, your marriage is what it is and isn't because of you. What about her? God says, that's my business. We weren't having a charismatic discussion. But this is, it was a conviction of the Holy Spirit, okay? But it's the truth. God says, she's re I don't know how this works, but God is amazing. She's reaping what she sowed. But I was reaping what I... So she wasn't messing me up. I was messing me up. I was missing something big time. And until I woke up, it wasn't going to change. So I had to be willing to God, God, keep, God to keep chewing on that aspirin, buddy. You don't get it yet. So, there's no wisdom, nor understanding, nor counsel against the Lord. You can't win an argument with God. So it's like, okay, God, okay, okay. If I've got corn in my harvest, in my field, of my marriage, then God says, I planted it. I, I wasn't planning on that crop. Whatever crop I got out there, it's on me. Oh, man, that was not easy to take. I mean, th th there's a profound, there's a profound uh, sobriety to that. Tim, you did that. You made these choices, that's where you are. Where, that's why you are where you are, okay? But there's a profound upside because of God's grace. And that is, so if you don't like corn, you could, this is real hard, you could plant something else. 
but you won't as long as you think you're not planning it. She's planning. She's messing me up. As long as I'm not messing it up, I don't, well, I am, but I don't think I'm messing it up, then, then I'm stuck because I would if she would, but she won't, so I can't. The, the glorious thing about the roosters coming, you know, chickens coming home to roost is this. If it's me, and I'm the one who's offending, and I'm the one who's missing the boot, I'm the one that's getting it wrong. She's getting it wrong in her marriage, but I'm getting it wrong in my marriage, period. I love her, and I'm supposed to love her, and I do love her out of my mind. We are more in love for real. I was asked this question after the first uh, service. We are more in love than we've ever been. Neither of us, even when we annoy each other sometimes, can't imagine it being how it could be better, except grandchildren, <laughs> especially great-grandchildren, okay? So God's, but we don't, we can't get there, and that's, that's the point of this uh, text, is here's the deal, man. You're deceived, and you've got to stop it. You've got to, I'm, God's going to say, here's the deal. What you, whatever you have in your life, whatever crop you got in your back 40, you did that. That's bad news, but it's good news because if that's kind of like you finding out that you're a sinner, that's bad news. Yeah, but, but until you find out that you're a sinner, you can't, be, you can't enjoy God's grace, right? Until I realize I'm going to hell, I can never be going to heaven. So it's a, this weird up is down, first is last, save your life, lose it kind of a thing with God. So here's the deal. You planted that stuff, so you better learn what those seeds look like and don't plant it anymore. It's serious, like it's that simple. It's not easy. God knows it's not easy at all. But I've got to learn to identify right seeds. And, and, and the seed doesn't look like the thing. Let's uh, throw that up there. Let's see. So, on the left is a uh, illustration of a apple seed. They kind of got it right, okay? This looks like a little tiny black football, okay? Would you pick that up and eat it and if somebody told you that was an apple? Be like, I don't think this one's done. Or I think it's been done a long time, <laughs> okay? Seeds are tiny, they're little, they don't even look like the end result. So it deceives us because we just think, I was just doing this. I wasn't doing I wasn't I wasn't putting in for a big change. I was just wanting a little time to myself, or I just want a little pleasure for myself, or I just whatever it might be. But I when I make selfish choices designed for to relieve my stress or make me happy, I'm thinking, this this is just the seed. It's not a big deal. God says, wake up. Stop being deceived. What you sow, you will reap. So, so, so who, did, who, who planted this stuff in my life? Who planted a terrible marriage in my life? God says, you did. Well, she, that's my, God says, I got her. I'm talking to her too. <laughs> but Tim, you planted it. And, and, and how is that good news? <laughs> a 
well, then if I planted it, then I could plant something else. I could make a different choice based not on my feelings, but on God's word. So I could say, so I could become concerned about what these seeds look like. These are the seeds. Well, that's, that's, God says that. That looks hard. It looks difficult. It looks like it wouldn't be a very fun thing to do. God says, yeah, that seed there, it turns into, you, 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 you save your life, you lose your life. But you lose your life for my sake in the Gospels. You find your life. It's like, well, this makes no sense. God says, yeah, ups, down, first is last. And when you sell, make selfish choices of any flavor, it can give some immediate relief or immediate pleasure, but later on, what grows into is something completely different than you intended. So, God is worried, concerned, and writing to us about the fact that we have been deceived. So, he says, so get it straight. Here is the perpetual principle. Here is the deal. You sow selfish. You do what you think and you want. You make your choices that way. Well, that should make you happy, does it? We think, well, ultimately. You, I can remember, you know, we, you work too much. You know, we work too much. And I said, okay, this day is going to be just for me. I'm going to do what I want to do the whole day. Wouldn't that be great? And you know what? It would be great if there wasn't for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> If it wasn't for, like, you're being selfish, you're, you're missing the boat, you're, you're, you, you, you love yourself, which you do, we all do, God says we all do, what does that produce in your life? Joy, fulfillment? Then Hollywood would be the happiest place on earth, right? And as far as you can read, except for newbies on the block, um, it's not the happiest place on earth. Because you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the Spirit, you reap life everlasting. So, we have a choice to make. We, we, we have a choice to make to look at God's Word and say, so what do I want? Happiness or holiness? Can't have both? Yes, if you get it in the right order. If you put happiness first, you will not have holiness or happiness. But if I put holiness, I don't mean being holier than thou, you know, but I mean really a life of dedication where holiness is, it's for Jesus and Jesus alone. And all the people he gives me, but Jesus and Jesus, it's, it's holy. So if, I, so if I save my life for myself, what does God say I'm, I'm going to do? What's going to happen? If you save your life, you, you lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake in the Gospels, you find it. Well, you know, if you really live a life of dedication, a selfless life of dedication to Christ, it's going to be hard and you're going to, yeah, but it's going to be the greatest life you could possibly live. Ask, ask the missionary who got to see this guy. I thought that was the best part of the presentation. Got to see the picture of the guy reading the Bible for the first time in his life. What's, what's better than that? Your, your team winning the World Series? If, you're a sicko if that's the deal. 
But the, no, it's not. It's, I mean, you see, your team wins the win, so it's great for you. Happy. Okay. But there is nothing like the life God gives us when we give him ours. So you save your life, you lose it. Okay. So the harvest of our life is certain. Whatever you sow, you sow to the flesh, he says, you reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you make decisions that please your flesh, it's going to turn to dirt. If you make choices that please Christ, it's going to give you abundant, not abundant life like on TV, love Jesus, and you get three jet planes and four Mercedes. But you get life, a joyous life. Um, But he warns us, starting out, that this is tricky. We know the principles, but he's saying, you've got to stop being deceived. So the first thing we looked at was the little football and the apple, right? And there's a second one. There's another way that we get deceived. We get deceived, like, see, this this looks like this. It's, It's just a little choice. It's just a little bit of this, a little taste, a little flirt, a little flirtation, a little look at some stuff that aren't so right. Just, just a little look. I'm not going to do anything crazy. Little seed, big tree. That seeds to the flesh, big trouble. So that's, we have to take that into consideration in our making right, wise choices. But the second thing is, there's this time factor. That's why he says, you will reap in due season. It takes longer. So if I, I'm the guy in the middle, okay? Wish I was that skinny, but my legs are. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, so today's going great. Whatever day is, today's going great. And I will tend to think, duh, do the math, if today's going great, then it's because I'm doing great today. I'm doing well. I'm make, this, is, this is good. And so, you know, so today's choices, what's going on in my life today is coming from the day. It's not coming from the day. I am reaping yesterday's choices. So the problem is, the reason that most people go to a marriage conference and have a great time, at least, you know, you both admit it, that you have things to change and, and you say you enjoyed it, and she really did enjoy it, um, on the way home. And here's the problem, okay? So you expect that this change, because I, I decided to be a better husband today, or a better dad today, or a better wife today, a better mom today, I, and I promised God today, and so now I, that's, I sowed right seed, right? I said, that's, that's the right seed. I, I'll ask my wife for forgiveness, and I'll tell her I'm committed to her, and that, that's the right seed. It is. The problem is, it's not what you're going to be harvesting today, you're going to be harvesting today the results of yesterday's choices and last month's choices and last year's choices. So the, the reason most people honestly don't change courses, the reason most people go like, marriage seminar, great, okay. And it's not because they don't love God and it's not because they wouldn't want to have a happy marriage. The problem is they've done that and, and it lasted till the second red light on the way home. Sincerely. Because I was expecting a different harvest. And God says you'll get it if you faint not. You won't get it tomorrow for crying out loud. 
The farmer doesn't know, no matter how good the, the tech gets on farm tractors, and no matter how expensive they are, okay, uh, you still plant your stuff. It's still not going to be coming up behind you, you know, like it does in a cartoon. You're going to plant, and you're going to have, you know what you're going to have the next day? Dirt. I, I go back to when I was, I remember, because first grade. First grade, we're going to learn. I think they just needed to do something with all the extra milk cartons. But you cut the top of the milk carton off, and they put dirt in there, and then they put a piece of corn in there or two, and then you put it on the shelf with everybody else in the sun, and it gets watered, and you come back the next day. You, you're six, you know. So, so what are you expecting when you're six? Something growing, and all you got is wet dirt. It's like, this is great. And the next day, wet dirt, maybe dry dirt. And it's like, for crying out loud. And then one day there's this surprise. because oh, One day something happens. But it's not true. It started happening on the first day. You just don't see it. You just don't see it. And so when it comes to, the, the, there's this time factor. So on the day, so you make this wonderful decision. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you mean it sincerely. I'm going to be at home. We're going to de develop time together. One of the best ever extra practical uh, suggestions I we have ever done as a couple was, here's the deal. We have a business meeting every week in which you may talk to me about business rather than when I'm trying to see the score of the game. Well, don't you want to talk about this? That's a trick question. I love you. I want to be married to you. Do I want to talk about this? Do I want to have this budget conversation at 11 o'clock at night? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, because it's the right thing to do and it's love and then, then and you resolve your problem and then it's like, like, can we do this like every Tuesday at five? And she feels loved by that because we're actually doing it on purpose. It's, but, you know, sow the seed. Later on, the harvest comes. I've got to realize that it, Doing right today blesses God right away. It blesses me pragmatically sometime later. So I've got to continue to do good sowing for in due season. That's like, that's not fun. Due season. Shh, thanks. In due season, we will reap if we don't lose heart. If we don't give up. So, so this truth is something that really began to grow in my heart. It's the, the narrative from God's word to me that I kept putting there rather than she, she, she. It's like, Tim, that's your back 40. That was your corn. You planted it. And so you're going to have to live through its growth and death. And then you're going to have to do the work and plant new, and you're going to have to be patient. You can only find that patience in God, in his word, in God's house, but you've got to, it's due season if you don't faint. That's what you've got to do. And for her, that's what she's got to do. And if that's how we live, if I stop being deceived because today I'm doing bad, but I did good yesterday, so things are still fine. I, I, that was bad, but I, I, today I am not reaping today's choices. 
it can be tricky to you. So you can think, it, wasn't, it didn't hurt my marriage, it didn't hurt her, it, it didn't hurt God, because nothing bad happened that day. Yeah, something bad happened, you made a selfish choice, and it's going, the chickens are going to come home to roost. So, we're going to have to believe that I'm going to do right today, even though I'm getting the results. If you're going to change your marriage, you're going to have to do right by getting dumped on a whole bunch for all the dumb things you did before and sinful things you did before. That's your reward. Decide to do right, be a better husband, be a better wife, be a better parent, and then, and then have the results of past choices that weren't good dumped on you. Yep, that's, that's what you get until you aren't weary and well-doing because then there is that due season which you, you shall definitely... A harvest is coming. And if I want a new harvest, there's got to be a new crop that's planted. It can't be something that I expect things just to turn around all by themselves. So, don't be deceived. You thought you were just making a, little, making a choice about a deed. A, a, something you wanted to do or not want to do. But you, it wasn't a deed. It was a seed. And that seed's going to have consequences for the good if it, was, if it was pleasing God and for the bad if it was out of your flesh. And it's a gift of God's grace that even though there are negative consequences to our fleshly choices, he doesn't give up on us. He'll forgive us anyway. He'll challenge us and chastise us and will us back. And it won't, the results won't be what we deserve, as bad as we deserve, but they'll be bad enough that we'll feel it. And the good will be better than we deserve because my wife and I absolutely got, by God's grace and God's grace alone, we've started most of the time planting better seed on purpose. Sometimes it was fun, sometimes it was not. Sometimes it brought us pleasure, sometimes it was painful. But ultimately, because of a change of the seed, there's been a change of results so that, so that I, I am, we've been married 49 years, and I am 69 years old. She's 68. Lord's truth. We are deeply in love. You want to go back to when you were newlyweds? <laughs> no. And we were in love then, but it's not the same. It is way beyond what we could ever ask or think. We still, you still are stuff. I'm still a sinner. But the harvest is so different and it's promised by God, and it's, a, and it's a gift of his grace. I don't earn it with good sowing. I can't sow that well. I can't plant, I can't be that farmer that good at it. But we do our best to plant good seed, and God is gracious and kind. And I was asked this this morning after the first service. I had a wonderful conversation with a young lady, and, and she was wondering about this part, you know, the feeling part, because you can't say everything in one message, although obviously I try, okay? And that is, oh, no, I, we are, we, I, I, we're in love, for, for real, for real. 
and we know each other better than we ever have. And this love comes because you reap what you sow, and God graciously and patiently taught us a lesson. So don't be deceived. Stop being deceived, Tim. Make selfless choices that please Christ, that show love for Christ, preference for Christ, and preference for her. What about me? That's her business. She used to respect you and honor you, and that's what your heart, I crave her respect and love. That's her job. My job is to love God, my neighbor as myself, and my wife, like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And the winner is any obedient child of God. Because I get to be married to the woman I'm in love with, stay in love with, no better than ever, without having to go through an ugly, painful divorce. Serious. I get to be married to the woman of my dreams, my pleasant dreams. <laughs> woman of my nightmares. Woman of my dreams. But nobody gets it because you married the right person. It's planting the right seed. Taking responsibility. And, and you doing leadership. I'm supposed to be the leader. Okay, that means, hey, Tim, do the right thing first. Once she goes, no, stop, stop. You want to be the leader? Do the right thing. Show her the way. It's a great conviction. I mean, it's basically a big, it's a solid rebuke, and it's a glorious promise. And I know it's true because God said so. And I know it's true because it's what I go home to every day. And I know it's only because God is good, because I'm never good enough. But God is, if we believe him and we faithfully obey him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for your love and patience. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your grace. Because I am not good enough. Never have been, never will be. But you are. Pray that you would take your word and apply it to our hearts. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.